All right. Welcome back to Fun on Weekdays podcast, everyone. I am Jenna, your host. And today I'm with my friend Anna Hildreth. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> Last night we were talking about how Anna's voice sounds like Miley Cyrus. So, yeah, you might agree, you might disagree, but I've gotten that a million times in my life. Um, like Jenna said, my name's Anna. And when I was little, I'd go to summer camp every summer and they called me Anna Montana because they're like, you sound exactly like Miley. So I've been getting it since I was oh, that's since good. I was young. Yeah. But anyways, we need to hear like a sweet niblets or something. Yeah. Like Kick all it off. dang sweet niblets. I don't know, something like that, but I'm a little raspy, um, but I cannot sing like her, so do not ask me if I sing like Miley, because the answer is no. (laughs) We're a little raspier than usual. Yeah. We went to an event last night, it was a tequila event, and we pre-gamed it with gas station wine, so both of us woke up, like literally we got to the office, and she's like, I kind of had a headache this morning, and we're like, yeah, same. (laughs) I didn't want to admit to myself that it was a hangover, though. I didn't either. But I think it was. If I, I know. If I just kept telling myself, like, no, I can, I can get through it. And then I went on a walk and I sweat. I'm like, okay, feel a little bit better. But yeah. Anyways, happy to have Anna here. Anna was one of my first friends when I moved to Austin. We moved here right around the same time. Mm-hmm. But you moved here from North Carolina. Yes. So when did you move to Austin? I moved in July of 2020. So I started my job at home at my parents' house because it was the middle of the pandemic in June. And I wanted to save a few paychecks before I moved here so that <laughs> I would have a little safety belt uh, financially before I moved here. So, And you started your job at? Oracle. <laughs> Everyone so- in Austin, Texas works at Oracle. So I was a part of the, the, the fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Oracle a little bit because I feel like most of the people that I met when I first moved to Austin worked for Oracle. Mm -hmm. I met you, I met some of your friends, and you would always hang out with the Oracle people, and it was really just such a good way to meet people, I think. So oftentimes when people ask, oh, how did you make friends in Austin, I always think back to that first time because... It was the start of, like, a new cohort, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have, like, different class ofs. I was in sales, so they have other programs as well, but they hire, I don't know the exact amount, and I think it varies each summer, um, but they, they hire, like, several hundred uh, college students, and they call it the class of program, and it's based on the class that you graduated. So I graduated May of 2020, so I was, like, the June class of for that summer. So they had, like, a June start date, an August start date, and then I think they also normally have a February start date for anybody that maybe graduated in December. Okay. But it's, like, you graduate and you immediately go to work, and it's all people your age. You go through eight weeks of rigorous sales training. Um, so you're, like, divided up into, like, classrooms. They literally call them classrooms. <laughs> we have teachers. It's, I remember that. Yeah. I would come over to your guys' apartment, and you would be on like calls yeah. <laughs> you and Leanne <laughs> yeah no it was crazy um but it was a great first job out of college and I definitely don't regret it um I didn't see myself there long term but for the time being it was it was a great place to be and I, I'm definitely fortunate for that opportunity yeah I feel like a lot of people especially right out of college like I mean that was a great place because all of the people were also in the same boat but a lot of people don't really see themselves staying there like forever it's no. just a good entry level job mm-hmm. so what was your actual um role so my title was business development consultant um they call them bdc i know <laughs> um but you go by a bdc for short um and so basically it's an entry-level sales role where you're cold calling you're sending out emails to prospects um you're aligned to some field reps um some of them aligned to inside reps and outside reps but my particular cohort we only aligned to outside reps um so they were going after like huge companies trying to close really big deals um so you're just kind of assisting them in that process um and trying to build as much pipeline as possible uh, for those of you that aren't in sales or like what's pipeline um, basically <laughs> it's just like getting um, people interested in the product and starting them in that sales cycle so typically um, every company is a little different in what their stages are but like stage one will be like introduction stage two will be like is it a technical fit stage three will be like proof of value maybe stage four is a proposal and then stage five negotiation and then stage six is like oh we closed the business we won the deal um, so it does kind of vary from company to company depending on the product but we're just trying to get people in that in that sales process so it's called the pipeline the sales pipeline gotcha. yeah it's so funny when you talk to your friends about what they do for their job no one actually knows what their friend does it's no. just like oh she works at so and so or oh she works in sales like no one actually knows what their friends do and you're Same just like yeah parents. yeah you just like you're like uh-huh you just like nod you're like yeah i know yeah you don't know so but. many people work at oracle in austin we have like a huge campus here and it's, it's the hq in Riverside. Now. oh yeah. really 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was in Redwood Shores, California, and they actually moved it to Austin, Texas Okay. Uh, recently. So it's so, the headquarters now. So the way that the program works too is like, are, am I thinking, I might be confusing it with Dell because Dell I know is also Dell's huge here, too. but you have basically like a rotation where after, is it two years or something, you can move to a different office Am I thinking of Dell? That might be Dell. Okay. I, I, I don't know anything about that at Oracle, but that might be something for that one of your other friends that worked at Oracle told you about because it is so different. Oracle's massive. Um, so people are like, whenever I tell them I used to work at Oracle in Austin, they're like, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, that's <laughs> like asking me if I know someone at UNC and it's like, hundreds of thousands of people no like I'm sorry I don't know them like it's a needle in the haystack um and so I don't know I I left Oracle because I wanted to go somewhere smaller that was more like homey family environment Mm -hmm. where I'm not just a number but you know it's like I I matter and they care about me not only on a professional level but also on a personal level Um, yeah did you think that Oracle was like too corporate just like too many people and too processed if that makes sense yeah it's just everything's so set in stone and so if you go work for a startup you have a lot more autonomy and ability to speak up and and give a voice that's actually going to be heard and people are going to take what you say into consideration Mm -hmm. at a company like oracle i mean my team was great my manager was was awesome i had a great relationship with him and he definitely cared about me on a personal level in terms of growth but if I go to somebody that's a director or C-suite, I'm trying to say, hey, I have this idea for Oracle and how we can change or innovate or grow. <laughs> they're going to laugh at me. Yeah, they're they're going to be like, like, okay, 22-year-old BDC, <laughs> like, get back in line. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's definitely some some pros to that, being within a huge corporation. You can easily, you know, switch internally from, like, one department to another. Um, and you do have the recognition of the name brand. Like, everyone knows what Oracle is. You go right. work for a smaller company and – you know, I tell my dad's friends, like, oh, yeah, I work for this. They're like, what is that? We've never heard of it. <laughs> you know, so it just kind of depends on the path you want to take. Um, and I just, I definitely wanted to experience both. So I'm happy that I started off at Oracle. But I definitely think right now in this phase of my life and probably for the next few years at least, I'm going to want to stay in a smaller company where everyone knows everyone's name. Everyone knows where you went to school, where you're from, if you're married, if you're not, if you have kids, if you don't. Um, and it's more just like, we're not just coworkers. Um, I wouldn't say we're all best friends, but we we kind of cross that threshold of just being uh, coworkers into being more more friends. Gotcha. So after Oracle, did you quit that job? Yes. And then. Okay, how did you, okay, this is a good question. scary. How did you quit? Um, So I was supposed to actually make an internal, like, lateral move. So it wasn't a promotion, and I wasn't really excited about it. And they were, they kind of came to me, and they're like, hey, there's this opportunity to Mm -hmm. make a lateral move. Like, what do you think? And to be honest, I was just like, okay. Like, I, I like, was, I was in a point where I was like, I don't really know. And I had a lot of personal things going on, as you know. And so my job wasn't my number one focus at that time in my life. But I was just like, sure, I'll make the lateral change, whatever, see what happens. Um, and then a recruiter reached out to me via LinkedIn. Um, I wasn't actively looking for a new role. And I'm really into fashion, like, just in my personal life. I mm-hmm. love, you know, seeing trends and I always style crazy outfits. Um, but anyway, Anyways, it was kind of a, a cross a crossroads between the tech world and like the fashion retail industry because gotcha. it was a startup here in Austin that um, had a technology platform specifically for the retail industry. And they were bringing me on as a strategic BDR, which is like business development representative, which is essentially the same thing as a business development consultant like I was at Oracle, um, just different name, but same same title, same thing. Um, and so they brought me on as a strategic because I had that 14 months of experience at Oracle. And so I was getting to reach out to any brand that did $3 billion in revenue in oh, North shit. of that. <laughs> yeah. So like I got meetings with directors of at Nike, like Adidas, Lululemon, Ralph Lauren. Like it was so cool for me. And like, we're talking about their upcoming assortments for, you know, the fall of 2025. So yeah. I'm getting like a sneak peek of like denim and leather jackets and like, you know, anything that they're thinking about designing or putting out it's a year crazy. and a half, two years from now. Yeah. And they plan so far in advance. Um, so for me, it was just a lot more exciting than at Oracle. I was selling Oracle cloud infrastructure, which I mean is, is a cool product, but it wasn't nearly <laughs> as fun and interesting to me as yeah. something for the retail industry. To your personal life, you're not sitting every day and being like, wow, I love this. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so back to your original question about quitting. Um, so I was supposed to make that lateral change. I got like information about who my new manager was going to be. And I was supposed to start on, I think it was September 1st. I know it was the first of a month and I'm pretty sure it was the first of September. And this was back in 2021. Um, 
And so that, it just so happened that I interviewed and got the job offer at the company that I left Oracle for. And they gave me the offer letter like the day before. Oh my gosh. So I was like, I have to see something in writing and I have to sign anything before I'm going to quit. Like I'm not going to quit until like I've secured this position. Right. And so I get the letter, like it's, it's more money. It's a better opportunity. It's something I'm more excited about. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I email <laughs> my new manager who like is supposed to be my first day. And I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I'm actually quitting. You emailed, did you, you quit through email? Yeah, so I quit oh through gosh. email because, like, I didn't have a relationship with this guy. Like, I had had one, like, 15-minute Zoom call with him, and that was it. Like, he knew mm-hmm. nothing about me, and I just knew it would be really awkward because, like, he was excited. He sent us an email that morning at, like, 7 a.m., like, welcome to the team, everyone, to, like, 10 <laughs> new people. And I'm, like, sitting there, like, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I don't I don't know what to do. Like, what, what am I going to do? She's like, you just got to do it. You got to just do you it. Rip the like, Band-Aid off. Yeah. Um, but the manager that I was close with um, my, from my previous team, I didn't say anything to him. Him because I, I had already said my goodbyes for like leaving his team. Okay. Um, but I sent that email and I get a response. And within 10 minutes, my old manager, Jim, calls me. Oh, gosh. And I was like, oh, I was like so nervous. He goes, um, Anna. I was like, hey, Jim. He was <laughs> like, so I heard that you just quit. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just was so like awkward and uncomfortable. And like, I, I don't even know. I feel like I was going to cry. I don't even know why. I was just like so overwhelmed with emotion. And this was my first time like resigning yeah. in, a, in a job period. Like mm-hmm. I had a job in college. I worked at like a women's clothing store, like little boutique. And that's different because yeah. that's something like you're not going to work there when you're out of college. No, so you know, know that, that you're definitely going to have a, a stop date. at some point. Exactly. Something with your first full-time job. It's like you could work there for 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's up to you when you quit or when you like get fired. Or, or laid, laid off, off. Yeah, yeah exactly but yeah it, I was definitely super nervous um but it was it was awkward but it, it worked out and at Oracle they have a policy that if you quit you you can say like I'm putting in my two weeks like what you should say like respectfully in the work industry <laughs> but they they you you quit on the spot like if mm-hmm. you say I'm putting in my two weeks if you're at the office they will literally escort you out by security is what, what? I've been told <gasps> I never worked in the office because it was closed because it was the middle of the pandemic but people that worked there previously were like yeah like if you quit they literally have security come. They like take your laptop and everything from you and they like walk you to your car. It's like going to the principal's office. Yeah. Like what? It's like, what am I going to do? Steal some important like information? I don't know. Oh my gosh. When I quit my job, I did it over Zoom and I okay. feel like they knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a call and same with you. I was so emotional because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving it because I didn't really like what I was doing. Same as you. You didn't really yeah. like what you're doing at Oracle. But when I do think back to that time, I loved every single other aspect of my life. Like yeah. I was having a fantastic time yeah. in Austin, settling down here. So what would be your advice um, when you're working at Oracle to yourself kind of like on the daily of, you know, enjoying Austin outside of Oracle? Well, Jenna knows me pretty well. I'm a very social person. I enjoy going out, um, not just because I like to like drink and like that part of my social life, but I'm just very social in general. Like um, almost every weekday, you know, have to have fun weekdays. (laughs) Um, I always like will try and do something with a friend, whether I like meet one girl to walk the trail or meet another girl to go get my nails Mm -hmm. done or um, grab dinner with a couple uh, girlfriends. But I'm always doing something. I I thrive in social environments. Like I get happiness from seeing people. I mean, I definitely need my alone time here and there like everyone does. But I think I I need a lot less alone time than most people. Um, and so it's just like finding that balance, um, especially enter, like entering the workforce, you really want to prove yourself and you want to do your best and you want to mm-hmm. like not regret anything. But I also moved to a new city and no, didn't know a single person. And I'm trying to also start my adult life socially. Um, and I know some people get super bogged down with work that they, they don't have that work-life balance. And I think it's so important. I almost think it's more important to lean towards like being a little more social and a little more balanced than like the little more work. Yeah. Um, Cause work's always going to be there. And like, especially in sales, like it's not like you like finish these tasks and you're done for the day. There's mm-hmm. always more you can be doing. There's always more people you can be cold calling. There's always more people you can be emailing. It's like, you have to just be like, okay, I've, I've done enough for the day. Or, okay. I've done enough for the week. Like I'm satisfied, like whatever. Um, and I really try to like, when I leave work, I try to leave the work mindset at home mm-hmm. as well. Um, like, I don't know. I think it's annoying if you go out and you're meeting people and you're like, so where do you work? Tell me about your job. Like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry. It's my weekend or it's my like 6 PM, like fun on weekdays night. Like, I don't want to talk about work. Like I, that consumes 40 hours of, of my life every single mm-hmm. week. And so when I'm not on the clock, I would prefer to not talk about it. Like, yeah, I'll tell you where I work and what I do, but I don't want to talk about it for an hour, hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Um, and some people are just like, let's talk about work. Let's talk about work. I'm like, no, I know. Well, it is just the very simple, easy go-to thing that you can talk about when you are feeling like maybe a little uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. because I will say there are certain people that you, that you hang out with for the first time, especially like a new girlfriend that you either, you click instantly and it's like, oh, I could tell you my last five years of trauma, Mm -hmm. no problem. Or there's those people that you feel like a little bit reserved and I don't even know what that feeling is, but those are the types of conversations that you resort to when I, when you like get that type of feeling I kind of feel I mean I do think it's good to talk about work in a sense if it's you know like a huge part of your life but also like if that's the only thing you're talking about I know do you think that it's easier to have good work life balance when you don't like your job probably I feel like I think I agree with that I think I do I think so um because you're like so ready to close your computer you're so ready to be done for the day um because I've definitely like gone through different phases where I really like my job or I'm like ugh work Mm -hmm. you know um and I think that when you love your job you you want to talk about it more and you want to you know maybe work extra hours or you know check your laptop on Sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. as opposed to like doing something with your friends or you know something creative or whatever um but yeah I know I agree with you too like it's definitely normal to ask somebody when you meet them for the first time you're like what do you do for a living or like you know (laughs) what industry are you in or something like that oracle yeah uh, (laughs) oracle heart of it Mm -hmm. um but no I just think that like there's definitely a lot there's a lot of other sides to people besides just their their work. Like right. that shouldn't be your sole identity, I feel like. So Yeah. And so when did you when did you quit at Oracle? Um, it was the fall of twenty twenty one. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it was September first, but Got don't, you. Don't quote me on that. So, um, and in the meantime, mm-hmm. you had been working and you had something pretty like traumatic and heartbreaking happen. Yes. So I feel like that also probably well we're gonna talk about it but also probably shifted your mindset a little bit too towards work and like wanting to do something else absolutely yeah so (laughs) I don't want to share it I'm like I don't know how to segue in I'm like I didn't know if you were gonna ask me a question or something no (laughs) my hands are getting sweaty I'm like oh how do we segue in (laughs) I know no I can I can talk about it um I had a really really close family friend um my parents and his parents were friends before they even had children like they were like young 20s like our age young married couples they would go golfing they would you know go out to concerts all these things back in my hometown in North Carolina and so they had a son that was my age and then I have a little brother and then they had a young younger son that was the same around the same age as my little brother um and so the four of us just grew up like the best of friends so I was basically like the only girl is basically like I had three <laughs> brothers like when we were all growing up like you know from babies to middle school we would um play football in the yard and like I was like a tomboy I mean I still cared about my outfits and my fashion <laughs> and I was still like obsessed with you know Justin Bieber and everyone else but I like would like to get down and dirty in the yard and play games and play football with the boys um we would go on family vacations we would do so many things with this family um, and we still do and their younger son his name's Riley and he was really struggling when he went to college Um, he went off to the University of Arkansas and he was there he just really had a hard time and he had a hard time sleeping and so he kind of would resort to drinking to help him fall asleep and then it just kind of progressed and he was really struggling and we knew he was struggling and his parents got him as much help as they could we brought him back to North Carolina he transferred back to a school in our hometown he was living like in like the basement of his parents house we had like his own like separation but they could still like keep a watchful eye on him and he was going to counseling therapy you name it Um, but no one knew obviously the depths of which he was struggling and hurting Um, and so February 7th of 2021 he took his life Um, it was the morning of the Super Bowl and so I was here in Austin with my friends Mm -hmm. And I had gone out uh, the night before, and my mom never calls me early the morning after she knows I go out, because my mom and I are really close. Like, she knows what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, like, pretty much all the time. And so I was like, hey, mom, I'm going out with some friends tonight. And she's like, okay, have fun. Like, I'll talk to you sometime tomorrow. So normally she would text me and be like, hey, sweetie, are you awake? Something like that. And she called me, and it was like 9 a.m. I happened to be awake, uh, which sometimes I sleep in kind of late after a (laughs) night out. But I was awake. I was just laying in my bed. She calls me. Her voice kind of breaks. I'm like, I knew something was wrong. Like, just, you know, it's your mom. Like, the minute you hear something in their voice, you just know something's mm-hmm. not right. Um, and so, like, I immediately flew home um, that day, like, got on a plane. Um, I spoke at his funeral. My brother and I were both pallbearers. Um, my brother and I both got tattoos. I only have one tattoo on my body, and it's <laughs> it's for him. Um, I always called him Riley Boo because he was the youngest. And for some reason, he and I clicked really well, and then my brother and his older brother clicked really well. And so, like, there were so many times where he would just, like, come snuggle me on the couch or, like, we'd go on trips and I'd, like, carry him piggyback 
back. Like he was, he was like a little brother to me as much as anyone could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times I shortened Riley boo just to boo. Oh, um, and so I don't know if y'all can see, but it's, it says boo and the little O's are hearts. Um, yeah, but it's small and it's little, but it's just a constant reminder, not only of him, but also just like that. We're all going to go through tough times and you have to try and see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, so many people struggle with anxiety and depression and, you know, thoughts of self-harm and um it's such a serious and, and real thing um and I had always like you know I've been an advocate for mental health awareness um my mom had also dated someone when I was younger that took his life but I was like seven years old and I didn't really understand and comprehend like really what that meant um but then after losing Riley to your point earlier like my whole mindset on like work and just like my life in general kind of shifted. Obviously I still cared about my job. Like I needed to make a living. Mm -hmm. I couldn't just completely throw it to the wayside, but I also was like, this isn't everything in life. Like if I'm not happy with my job, like I'll quit and find one I am happy. in. like, you know, is it, do you want to have a job where you're making a lot of money or do you want to have a job where you're truly happy? Um, Cause sometimes it is kind of that, that back and forth of like, well, I really want to do this, but I won't get paid much. So I'll do yeah. this instead. Cause I make more money. Um, And so, I don't know, it's a hard balance, but that's why another reason why I was like, it's kind of like sad whenever my manager at Oracle called me because he was so great to me when I was, when I was going Mm -hmm. through that, um, Oracle actually offers bereavement leave, which I didn't even know about, but Mm -hmm. if somebody in like your close immediate circle passes away, you can take up to a week of bereavement leave and it's, it's paid. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it doesn't like mess up with like your PTO or anything. Um, and so I was home, I was home for a lot more than a week, but I took that week off and didn't even touch my laptop. I was like helping write the obituary. I created a GoFund me um to create like um a beautiful like land space um in his memory um and then what else did I do created a website created an Instagram account surrounding his life but also like in in awareness and support of mental Mm -hmm. health and you know suicide prevention and things like that so I was just like doing everything in my power to like stay busy and try and like do things that were positive to help his family and my family just get through that that first week especially Mm -hmm. um but then I went back to work came back I was in North Carolina for like a month came back to Austin felt just like really weird and out of place and my one roommate at the time Leanne she had met Riley but none of my other friends here had met him and he was such a huge part of my life especially my whole childhood and then everyone's like wait who is this person that Mm -hmm. passed away that you were so close to um because like they had met like my parents and my little sisters came to visit at one point but no one had met the Estes family um and so it was definitely just like a weird it was a weird time for me. Um, and I had so much, I had so much support from so many friends and, you know, my family and and Riley's family were, were so great to me. Like they, they were so sad that I had to leave and come back here like alone. And so his parents, mom and dad and his brother, they would call me and text me like weekly. I was hearing from them just like, how are you doing? What's going on? Um, and then my, and then in April, so that happened in February. And then in April, my roommate Leanne, one of her really close guy friends that I was also friends with, but it was definitely a closer um, friend of hers. He was on her team at NetSuite, which was a part of Oracle. He passed away unexpectedly in April as well. And so, you know, I had lost grandparents and I had lost people in my life that were older. And it was like, okay, well, they lived a long, happy life. You know, mm-hmm. they were a grandparent. They were in their 70s. Like, it's okay. Like, it ha- it happened. And, like, we're grateful for the time we had with them. But when someone passes away, like, Riley was 19. And I think Luke was, like, 24, 25. Like, it's it's so different and it's so hard to process, um, especially being, like, away from your family and, yeah. like, away from your, like, little comfort bubble. Um, and I had built friends here, but I had been here less than a year when this happened. Um, and so, yeah, my whole mindset on a lot of things just kind of started to shift and I started kind of to prioritize other aspects of my life over my job. Mm-hmm. What were those uh, priorities? How did that shift following losing two people that you are obviously really really cared about yeah um I think I just started to realize like how precious life is and how I mean we we always know like no one's guaranteed tomorrow like Mm -hmm. every day is a gift like you know have as much fun like do all the things that make you happy because we never know when our time's gonna be to to leave this earth and so um I think I just started to spend more time with friends, be more intentional about my time. I wanted to be better about reaching out to all my college friends because, you know, we all moved to different cities and started new jobs or some of them were in med school or grad school. And we were all like so consumed with our like current city and situation that it was really hard to maintain the same level of friendship that we had obviously had the last four years being roommates and being sorority sisters and all these things. And so 
I was like, oh my gosh, like what if one of them were to pass away? Like I haven't even talked to them in six months, like eight months, like a year, like, oh my gosh. And so I started like being more intentional about like, okay, like this night I'm going to hang out with someone in Austin this night. I'm going to call one of my friends. Sometimes I would sit on my bed and I would call like three or four people. No one would answer. And then finally the fifth one would like, I would just go through my friend groups and just be like, okay, I'm going to call her. Okay. I'm going to call her. Okay. And I love to FaceTime people too, just like see them and like see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I just like got a lot closer with my family. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that was really good. I, you kind of touched on it too, but do you think that being in Austin, having only lived here for a year and grieving people that your current friends here didn't know, did you think it made it harder to kind of go through that and, and feel like a little bit under misunderstood from your friends? Cause they just didn't know that person. Yeah, I think so. I mean, my friends were great and like, I, I can't say anything negative. They all were like so supportive and like, but there would be times where I'd be completely fine. And like, I could talk about him like I am right now. And like, I, I would be okay. And like, I, I, I would hold it together. I wouldn't cry or anything. And then I remember like, there was one day in particular, we were all like at unbelievable on, mm-hmm. on rainy street and someone brought it up and I just started sob like sobbing uncontrollably. And so like, you know, there's different like stages of grief as people talk about, but like sometimes like I, I say I'm okay and I really am okay. And then and sometimes I'm like, yeah, like I'm doing my best. And then I just burst into tears. And so it's like, they would hug me and they'd be like, do you want to leave? Do you want to stay? Like, do you want a shot? Do you want a water? Like, what, what can we get you? You know, like people yeah. were like genuinely trying everything they could. But, mm-hmm. um, until our friend here, Luke passed away, a lot of my friends had never even lost like, yeah, you anyone. just don't understand how to help a friend when yeah. you've never gone through it. And same no. to myself as well. Yeah. And then I think, I feel like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like suicide adds a whole nother element to that grief because it was something that was completely preventable. I feel like if someone were to pass in like a car accident or of natural causes, it's like, okay, well, you know, that was outside of anyone's responsibility or, you know, anything that could have been stopped. But when someone takes their own life, it's like that could have been stopped. Like if Riley had, you know, spoken up a little bit more and told us a little bit more about the depths of his struggling and his loneliness and his hurt and things like that, like, I would have gone on a plane and flown home for a month, not because he died, but because he needed me there to support him as a friend and as like, you know, a big sister role. Um, And so many people would have dropped what they were doing to be there for him. Mm -hmm. So for someone like your friends or myself, well, I am your friend. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, that was weird wording. Um, What's your advice to people that have someone in their life that are dealing with grief? Like, how can we best support you? Because like you said, people didn't know what to do. It's, do you want a water? Do you want a shot? Do you want to go home? Like, what's your best advice? I don't know. It's hard. And I feel like everyone also deals with grief differently. Um, So like what helps me might not be the same thing that helps you or helps the next person, Mm -hmm. but just, just being there and make it, making it known that you're there. Um, Because like I got it, hundreds of text messages, like the day it happened, the next day, even the third and fourth days. But then like, then afterwards you see who checks in on you a week later, a month later, even like on the one year anniversary. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's great to text them like right when it happens and be like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you, whatever you want to say to them that, that makes sense. But then it's like the weeks afterwards is when you really, it really starts to set in and when you really start to feel alone. So I think that like my advice would just be like, if someone that you love is, is going through grief or loss, like, yeah, say something initially, but then make sure you like circle back a week or two weeks or like a month later to just be like, Hey, I'm thinking of you. I love you. I'm here for you. You don't have to ask Mm -hmm. any questions. You don't have to be like, how are you doing? Or like, do you need anything? Like, it doesn't even have to be a question. It can just be a statement. Like I'm thinking about you today. I love you. Um, if you want to do anything, like I'm I'm always here for you. If you ever Mm -hmm. need someone to talk to, like I'm always a listening ear, just, just providing that consistent support. Um, I think is great. And I mean, when my friends were like, do you want a water? Do you want a shot? Do you want to leave the bar? Do you want to stay at the bar? Like, what do you want to do? Like, we'll go anywhere. We'll do anything. I mean, that was still really sweet. And like, it made me laugh and like, it was a giggle Mm -hmm. and it like helped me to like get out of my like crying funk that I was in. Um, but yeah, I think just overall, it's just the consistency because grief and loss, it doesn't just go away in a week. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just like, Oh, well the funeral's over. So I'm better now. Like that's when it really starts to set in. Um, and sometimes I still don't even feel like Riley's gone. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, he's at school because I saw him so much in my like younger days, like growing up. But then I went off to college and then he was back in home, back at home. And then he went off to college and then I moved to Austin. So the last like six years of my life, I'd only see him like major holidays or when I would go home for something significant in my mm-hmm. life or his family's life. Um, and so like last Christmas was our first Christmas without him. And that was really hard. Um, and like I said, like we would spend holidays with them, like his, his brother and 
mom and dad like woke up on Christmas morning with us and opened presents with us this year, just like we have every year, but it was without Riley. And so that was really hard. And mm-hmm. I did have a few friends just text me and they were like, we know Christmas is going to be hard for you. Like we love you. And so just like the, the constant reminder that they, they haven't forgotten and they know that like, it's still hard for me and it's still a struggle for me, mm-hmm. I think is just like the greatest gift that a friend can give when you're going through something like that. Yeah, that's really good advice. I think because I lost my, well, my sister lost her best friend last year as well. And I had her on my podcast at the beginning of 2022. So if you haven't listened to that episode, that's a very emotional one um, talking about that. And I feel like it was so hard for me to watch her be so, so like heartbroken. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been like such a beautiful thing to watch how she's honored her friend's life um, over the past year, year and a half since since she passed. So what are some of the ways now that you kind of like live a life to honor Riley? Yeah. Um, so I did make that GoFundMe, which sometimes still will get random donations, which oh, is like, I know, kind of cool. <laughs> um, and it's like, it goes to a foundation and his parents can have access to it, but like only specifically for, you know, the the thing that we're doing to honor his life, which is has been taking a long time because we're trying to get access to land to create this like happy green space area with okay. like fountains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really cool. And then I do run an Instagram. It's called Fly High Rilo. If any of y'all want to check it out, because a lot of people called him Rilo. I'm the one that called him Boo. But um, yeah, Fly High Rilo. I try to post like every now and then or when there's like um, events, holidays, things going on, like little family photos or him as a little boy or him with his like recent friends. Um, and a lot of people like consistently like, you know, we'll, we'll tag him, shout him out on things. Um, and then I think like the best thing you can do no matter, no matter who it is that you lost is just keep their memory alive by sharing stories about them. Like mm-hmm. I've lost both my grandmothers like many years ago. Um, and sometimes like I forget like things we did with them or like trips we took with them or stories that like they told or that were about them. And so like every time I see my grandpa, I'm like, mm-hmm. tell me another story about like me mom. Cause I called her me mom. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just like keeping their, their memory alive by just, even just talking about them and reminiscing on good fun times. And so, um, mm-hmm. whenever I am home, especially when I get to, when we get together with Riley's family, we talk a lot about him, like in a positive way. And like, we'll share old funny stories. We'll show old funny photos, mm-hmm. um, and try to have like a good laugh. And then sometimes a good cry. But, um, yeah, just keeping their memory alive by um, reminiscing on on good memories that you have with them, I think, is the best. Yeah. I love that. Um, So you said that at Oracle they had bereavement. Yes. Which I actually took that as well when my grandma passed um, two two years ago. When you were working at TikTok. When I was working at TikTok. And, yeah, and I have to say, too, like, I'm sure you experienced it like way heavier because like you said you know when it's your grandparent you know that like they've lived a great beautiful happy life and you know that like it's it's their health Mm -hmm. that's taking them um I still had a really hard time like being away from my family working here doing a job that I didn't like every single day and all I could think about was just being like lonely Mm -hmm. um and that was really really tough for me leaves are falling it's getting a little bit chillier it's starting to get darker outside earlier and macy's has everything that you need to stay cozy this fall macy's friends and family sale from october 24th through the 31st gets you 30 percent off of regular sale and clearance items plus an additional 15 percent off of beauty that's 30 percent off pretty much everything from the latest trends in fashion home shoes accessory and more you can check out my landing page at macy's.com forward slash fow again that is macy's.com forward slash fow but i was going to ask you um because it was like suicide and you mentioned that maybe like a little bit of guilt like preventable um has that kind of encouraged you to be more vocal about your feelings to your friends if you're ever struggling or anything yeah I think so um I'm really lucky to say this and this is not me like I don't I don't even know what to say but I've never struggled with my mental health which is something that I'm I'm so fortunate for and it's not me bragging or anything like I just I've personally never felt those feelings but I know they are real and I know they are valid and I know that so many people go through them and so 
I, I'm not necessarily vocal about like my feelings cause I don't necessarily have them. But like, if I see a friend that's like a little off, not even like seeming sad, just like not their normal self that day, I'll, I'll like maybe pull them aside or like she and I maybe go to, are going to the bathroom. I'll be like, how are you doing? Like, are you okay today? Like you look really pretty. I love you. Like, how have you been? You know, like just like a little, like just a little like uplifting comment or something here and there. Um, and I have been through other traumatic events in my life. My parents divorced when I was really young. So I'm very open in general about talking about my trauma, the things that I struggle with, um, the things that make me sad. Like, you know, I, and so to the next point, I was laid off from a, my second job. And like, mm -hmm. I called my friends and was like crying. I was like, I was laid off. I'm so embarrassed. Can't let this happen to me. Like blah, blah, blah. So like, I am very open with my feelings. I just am very fortunate that I don't struggle with my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and there may be a point in time where I do. And you know, I, I know that it's, it's difficult and it's challenging, but just being open in general about my feelings, my thoughts, like where I am. Um, I feel like it helps other people to want to be open as well. Yeah, it definitely does. I I feel like well from the moment that we met I remember we went to oh well the first time that we met was at dinner at the Grove yes. right mm -hmm. um but then when we met Sarah yeah. our other best friend yeah. and Kirsten um I just remember at that dinner it was like you were so open you were setting the tone for everyone else to follow in mm -hmm. so like when some when someone in the group is like very open and vulnerable and we'll yeah. talk about anything yeah <laughs> I remember I think we were talking about like our sex lives oh yeah we were like, that's a way to get to know somebody yeah I'm like hey guys <laughs> this is what I do this is what I have done this is what I will be doing you know yeah I know and it's so funny because you are literally that person that I think of that can like uh pretty much get anybody to talk about anything and I want this episode to show that side of you as well because I know that like we wanted to honor Riley and give him a moment to just like talk about that and the struggles that you went through with it so like you know kind of going on to a, a more positive happier <laughs> note so you went to that second job and then you were talking about getting laid off and I want to talk about that because you said you were embarrassed yes I was even though I knew it was nothing that I did and they even reiterated multiple times like our head of HR was on there and like my manager's manager were on there um and they did a round of layoffs like they laid off like I think I don't know 10 people at our company and the company was less than 80 employees so that was a large percentage of our of our company um and they told told me they're like Anna like we're and it was on a zoom call <laughs> and it was like kind of early in the morning and they were like Anna like we're really sorry to tell you this but we have to do a round of layoffs and unfortunately today that's gonna involve you and I think I was just so shocked that I just started <laughs> crying like on the zoom call and I like wanted to turn my camera off but I was like I can't do that like There's I gotta like be strong you yeah and you just I'm like I gotta, I gotta be strong um and they were like do you have any questions and I'm like I, like uh -huh. yeah I'm like I'm still processing <laughs> the only thing I could say was like am I gonna get paid again like am I now am I poor now like what like um and they're like no like you're gonna get severance pay so like I got like paid through that whole month and then through the whole month of September um so I still got like three more paychecks and so um ironically I have I have a new boyfriend and <laughs> my boyfriend and I had a cruise planned it was our first little like getaway as a couple <laughs> this is my favorite story yeah so I was like all right you know what I'd already taken time off so I got laid off like August 2nd. I'm talking August 2nd, like a month and a half ago, like very recently. Get laid off August 2nd. We're set to go on this Royal Caribbean cruise out of Galveston, Texas on August 5th. And I haven't been on a cruise in many years. Like my family was kind of a cruise family back in the day. Like we'd go on the carnivals. We'd go on the Royal Caribbeans. Like my mom didn't have a ton of money. And on spring break, she always just wanted to do fun trips. And sometimes we would go with Riley's family or like other families. And so all the parents would like drink out at the pool and the kids would like run around the ship and we would have walkie talkies. And like, I love to cruise. Like some People hate on them and like okay yeah maybe sometimes they're a little cheesy and there's big crowds in the buffet I don't care I still think they're fun <laughs> and so my boyfriend and I booked this trip and it was like super affordable again it was our first little getaway together so I was like this will be a good test like it's five nights just yeah. the two of us all alone like it could go really great or it could go really poorly um but I get laid off so now I'm like you know what I can enjoy the vacation I don't have to worry I took time off but I don't have to worry about checking my laptop or like missing anything right. like I'm truly gonna enjoy this vacation and when I get back I'll regroup and start looking for new jobs and whatnot so we go on this trip um and it was it was a great time um I did not enjoy Costa Maya at all but I loved Cozumel he and I went to this like oh, it's called the Cabana Beach it's like this little private Cabana Beach and you can rent a cabana and you can only go on the beach if you rented a cabana okay. and it's very affordable 
like the U S peso translation, I guess. Um, it was only like a hundred us dollars for the whole day okay. and you have like a waitress and they bring you like food and drinks. And is that like, included? Um, uh, the, gu- the chips and guac were included and, um, like towels, snorkel gear, all this okay. stuff, the drinks and everything weren't, but the drinks were really inexpensive as well. Okay. But we went to Costa Maya first. So it was five day cruise <laughs> day at sea, um, which the first night on the cruise, someone jumped overboard and tried to commit suicide, which I had never been on a cruise where that had happened. I made a TikTok about it. Cause I was like, guys, I don't really know what's going on. But like the boat stopped, we turned around, they rescued the guy, brought him back on the ship oh and he gosh. survived. So like, it was just like the weirdest start to a vacation. We were like, what's going on? Then we went to Costa Maya. That was the first stop. It like poured down rain. We like, we're like, let's go to a local spot and have some local tacos and we were trying to like we <laughs> trying to be authentic yeah and I love Mexican food and I'm like it'll be so much better than like those like you know like touristy uh, restaurants so my <laughs> boyfriend's like okay Anna whatever you say we get in the back of this cab and he's like the whole time he's like scared he's like we should not have done this they're like driving us through like not very safe parts of Costa Maya and so we, we hang out at this little beach for a few hours we eat some tacos like we had like some some drinks like that or like like alcoholic drinks but um we, we felt fine. Everything was fine. Then we go to Cozumel the next day, <laughs> went to our cabana beach, had the best time ever. It was literally the most beautiful place. Like I was like, I would get married here. Like I loved it. Well, we go back day at another day at sea. We get back to Galveston. We get, get back in my car and we're heading back to Austin. And my boyfriend's like, pull over right now, pull over right now. I'm like, what do you mean pull over right now? There's not a gas. Like, what do you mean? He's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So we like go to the bathroom and I was feeling fine still, but he was not, he's like, I think that breakfast like didn't sit well. I'm like, but we've had that same breakfast every morning for the last five mornings. Like we've all had, we've been having the eggs and the bacon and the fruit every morning. So I'm like, I don't know about that. So then we drive a little bit further. I'm still driving. And now I'm like, it, it hits me like I got to go to the bathroom so I pull over and like Charles like yeah now you see how it feels I'm like yeah um and then he, I'm like can you please drive like I'm not feeling great like I'm like sweating I'm like you need to drive so then he starts driving and then <laughs> that is the worst like the poop uh-huh, sweats like uh-huh. you know when yeah. it's coming and you're like oh uh-huh. my god it's bubbling and-, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm like stripping down every layer of clothing because I'm like I'm like literally dying um and so then we go to a we stop again a third time this must be a three-hour drive it turned into like a five-hour drive because we stopped so many times when we did stop it wasn't fast and so I like go to the I go to the bathroom and I come out Charles is probably gonna hate me but he's never gonna watch this so it's fine so I go I go to the bathroom I come back and he's like digging in the back seat in his suitcase and I'm like babe what are you doing and he goes I shit my pants I'm like what he goes yeah like while I was pumping gas like it just it just happened like I couldn't stop it I was like oh my gosh we are not okay like what is wrong with us we are dying so then we go back we finally make it to Austin and he's like staying at my apartment and we're sharing this one little bathroom and it was horrible we go to the doctor um we have to submit stool samples that's all I'm gonna say and we get the stool sample results back and we had E. coli. So on my first vacation with my boyfriend, um, we got E. coli and um, yeah, it was not pretty, but we got very close throughout the entire process. Um, we The silver lining. It was, yeah. And like now we're stronger than ever. He's amazing. I love him so much, um, but it was definitely very embarrassing. And it was like right after I got laid off from my job, which was also embarrassing. So I'm like telling all my friends like, yeah, I got laid off. Then I got E. coli. Like my boyfriend and I were shitting ourselves. And now here I am trying to find a new job. What's up? You know, like, Oh my god it was just a whirlwind like august was a whirlwind for me but. i actually just sat here the entire time with a smile on my face as if i was taking like prom photos like my my jaw is sore i know i'm I've crazy heard, i feel like i've heard that story a couple times every time it gets better you're just so good at telling the story oh thank you i'm sitting here listening as if it's like the first time every time uh-huh. so good it's like you already know what's gonna happen but yeah so you guys got really close mm-hmm. and so right around this time um he did he had he moved to Fort Worth yet he moved to Fort Worth the end of August so that was like we were in that little transition period where he was about to start nursing school he did a couple years of uh, UT undergrad and then got into TCU nursing school and so we knew he was going to be going off um and so I was like let's go on a little cruise like before you go (laughs) off so before we're long celebration yeah and it turns out that I was laid off so I'm like all right you know what now we can really enjoy that time um but we got back from the cruise and I started like heavily interviewing for jobs Mm -hmm. I was like okay like we've had our fun we've had our our shits and giggles now it's literally literally so now it's time for me to like buckle down and like find my next job and figure out what I'm gonna do um which 
Yeah, which leads us to present. So what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing now? What are you yeah. up to? Um, so now I am an account executive at a cybersecurity startup here in Austin. Okay. It's sounds called, fancy. Yeah, right. Um, it's called Hack Notice. Okay. Um, so it's super cool. I knew nothing about cybersecurity before entering into this into this job. Yeah. How did you space. how did you get into that? Yeah, I just saw um a guy posted on LinkedIn. Um it was actually around the Oracle layoffs. There was a bunch of Oracle layoffs oh. like the same week of um when my company did the layoffs off and so it, he was just like an older gentleman in Austin and he was like hey I know there's a bunch of like younger like kids that were laid off kids. I have he calls his kids yeah <laughs> um he's like oh you're younger than my than my children I'm like okay sir um but he was like I know there's been a lot of layoffs and so he's like I have a bunch of connections if any of you guys want me to put in like a good word for you or like help you find an interview I'm more yeah. than happy and I didn't know him but I reached out to him he was really nice and he was like one of my uh, like buddies is interviewing like he's like the head of sales and he's trying to hire three people for his team um he wants to reach out to you and I was like great um and so that's now my current manager wow. Sean so. oh my gosh oh it's crazy yeah They're like, do you have experience in cybersecurity I'm like no but I'll learn <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah know. how is that going from like okay so we did like a full 180 here we did the first job entry-level job not really loving it but like a good you know good experience good company culture cool okay then you move on. You're working at this really cool job that you love. You're super passionate about it. It's like with fashion, all the things that you're interested in. And now you switch over to a job that, um, what what are the what are the I'm like what are the perks like what are the pros and cons of this yeah. job in comparison to the last? Yeah. Okay. Um. So it's definitely very different. I mean, it's still like a SaaS model. So like software as a service. It's called okay. SaaS. Um. So we're still selling a technology. It's a, still a platform. Um. But it's obviously a very different industry. It's but it's industry agnostic, which is really great. So. Everyone needs cybersecurity, especially mm -hmm. nowadays. Like, I don't know if any of y'all know anything about breaches and whatnot, but like Uber, no. but Uber was just breached like not too long ago. So like everyone's like login and password and credit cards and like rides are out in the dark web now. So what? like people can see like, oh, Jenna Palak, she always Ubers from this address to this <gasps> address. Like this one must be her home or this one must be somewhere like her office or somewhere important to her. Oh um, so it is scary. And a lot of people are not aware of what's out there about them and how it gets out there. Mm. Um, and so our, our platform is different than anything else that's out there because it takes any sort of leaked records about you as an employee and sends you real-time notifications so that it you can over. go in and protect yourself and change your password or cancel your credit card or gotcha. like my my license plate was leaked in like a park mobile app breach what i'm like that's my license plate oh my gosh you know um so it's pretty crazy but it, it really is a cool industry um and i'm an account executive which is a promotion from that bdc bdr role mm -hmm. so now i have my own territory i have my own quota so i'm actually closing the deal so yeah. i'm taking them all the way through the pipeline not just starting them off in the pipeline um and i have the southeast territory so I grew up in North Carolina. My mom's from Mississippi. My dad's from Alabama. My brother went to school in Tennessee. And those are all You're my Southern states. Southern gal. I know. So those are all my states, which is so great because I can relate to those people. They're from states that I'm familiar with. Right. Um, and so far, it's it's been really good. That's good to hear. You sound yeah. like you're crushing it over there. Well, thank you. Everything that, well, I mean, like you said, we don't really talk about work that much whenever we hang out. Yeah. So actually, it's like nice to hear what you're up to and everything that you're doing. Because yeah. I knew that you just recently switched and then. Your boyfriend is in Fort Worth. He's going to school, figuring that out, maybe going to nursing school yeah. and all of the things. So, yeah, this is like a full recap of the past, like, three years of your life. I know, almost. really. So much. Thanks for for listening. I hope uh, you oh, guys yeah. enjoyed. No, I loved it. I loved <laughs> I mean, I had fun. I think yeah. everyone else probably had fun, too. So, closing things off here, we're at, like, 50 minutes, which is a pretty good time. Yeah. And yeah, we, could, we covered a lot. We did. Um, what would you say are, like, the key takeaways that you want anyone listening to this to just know, whether it's about friends or work or having fun or like just anything. Yeah. Um, I think just always be authentic, be yourself. Um, advice my mom gave me, has given me since I was a young girl is like, if you live your life trying to please everyone else, the one person that's going to be left unhappy is, is you ultimately. Mm -hmm. And so, that's a good one. yeah, I think that you always just have to sometimes be selfish and like do what's going to be best for you, whether it's best for your mental health, whether it's best for your career, whether it's best for you in, in a relationship, sometimes it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to put yourself first because if you're constantly putting others needs before your own, then you're going to be the one that's left unhappy or unsatisfied or, or miserable, quite 
quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be authentic, do what makes you happy. Um, you know, be vocal about your needs, your wants, um, anything that you're struggling with or going through. Um, you should never be embarrassed about f- your feelings or shitting the bed or anything that happens because we're <laughs> getting laid off or getting laid off or, yeah. you know, getting dumped or cheated on. I've, I've been dumped and cheated on, you know, like things happen. And, um, I feel like we get, we get stronger by going through those hardships. Um, and nine times out of 10, if you're vulnerable and you talk about it, those people probably have mm-hmm. too. Um, like when I was like, Hey friends, uh, I pooped in my pants. They're all like, Oh, we have too. like, but we had never talked about it because everyone's embarrassed to bring it up. But like, once you bring it up, then everyone else normally has mm-hmm. been through that or has been through something similar. So, um, you should never be embarrassed to talk about your feelings or your desires or your needs or funny, embarrassing things that have happened to you because it, it probably already has happened to your friends or it will in the future. Um, and then they can call you and be like, Hey, I remember you got laid off. Like I just, I'm going through it. Like what's some advice? How can I get through this? Like, you know, um, things like that. So that's, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, this is me bragging on myself. I think I'm very authentic. (laughs) I I don't ever try to like please anyone. I don't ever try to like sugarcoat things. I don't, I'm very like honest and straightforward and direct with how I'm feeling, what I need, what I'm going through. And I'm just like an open book. So yes, you are. Yeah. We could probably sit here and record probably 20 (laughs) episodes Yeah. about, I I mean, I'm literally thinking in the top of my head. We have like 20 different topics at least that we could cover. I mean, we could talk about everything you are. I know. Yeah. Uh, But I appreciated you having you coming on and talking about your jobs I know um I feel like it's really interesting to just hear from people that work in a different industry than you do Mm -hmm. and then like at the root of all of it like all of that aside whatever we do on a daily schedule whatever software we're selling or uh clothes we're selling I don't (laughs) whatever like at the root of it all like we all have similarities we all have those embarrassing stories and we all you know, have people in our life that we care about or you've gone through grief or whatever that is. And that's what really brings you together with those people. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. Love yes, it. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. Yes. If any of you guys want to reach out to me on Instagram or anything, like there you go. I really am an open book. Like people have reached out to me and they're like, Hey, like I saw that you lost someone to suicide. I just lost someone like complete strangers have DM me mm-hmm. things like that. Or, you know, just about other things. Cause I am very like open on all forms of my social media about my life and things I'm going through. So if anyone um, feels alone and you want to reach out to me, I will gladly respond to you. Yeah. What are, what are, your socials i was gonna plug it and you oh, beat yeah. me to it, it well was perfect. thank you um yeah it's at anna mckay hildreth my full name on instagram and tiktok um i'm not really big on twitter i don't have a youtube or anything like that but um yeah there you go maybe it. a youtube you could you would crush youtube i would watch the shit out of your yeah. youtube someone told me i should it, have my own reality tv show i was like if you know anyone i mean i'm i'm open to it i would watch that as well <laughs> yeah yeah that i would binge watch that i would need to make sure. my parents not watch it um <laughs> and my grandparents especially not watch it <laughs> yeah that's one thing sometimes i i my my parents or my my grandma will text me and they'll say that they listen to an episode and i'll be like mm. Mm. So i just get i try to you know tune it out sometimes yeah. i just I had the mentality that no one that I know is listening to anything that I say or is watching anything that I post. Mm -hmm. And then once I had that mentality, it's like, okay, (laughs) publish. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you want to follow Anna, her handles will also be in the description for this episode. So check it out there. And thank you again for coming on. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.